Welcome to Through the Line, the Agency Squared podcast with me, Andy Barjuri. In today's episode, I'm talking with the lovely Kelly Molson, who is the MD at a digital agency called Rubber Cheese, based just outside of London in the UK. And Kelly and I chat about her journey of founding her agency and how she got to where she is 16, 17 years later as a specialist agency. And we look at the human side of running an agency too. And Kelly's really honest and open about her challenges, her battle with infertility and trying to start a family and how that has affected her ability to work with her business partner and run her agency. It's a really open, honest conversation about a challenge that is a significant challenge for so many people. And I love the fact that Kelly is so open about sharing her experiences and her thoughts. I hope that you enjoy the show. Kelly, good afternoon. Hi, good how afternoon. I'm really good, thank you. How are you doing? I am very good, actually, very good. I have a kind of guilty, um, a dirty secret to admit to is that my wow. wife just snuck out and got a McDonald's from the <laughs> <laughs> That is a dirty little secret, a delicious one. <laughs> I know, it was delicious, right? First time I've had a McDonald's since lockdown started, so my children are absolutely buzzing now. Oh, what a treat, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you hear them exploding... <laughs> that's the reason why they're full of mcdonald's and and um what are the ice creams called that they have the uh or mcflurry mcflurry yeah. oh god so i could smash mcflurry numbers. right now Dead Thanks. Nice. Dead <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah so kelly it's great to talk to you we've obviously been in the same zone the same world for quite a long time but this is the first time we've actually really spoken properly it is. isn't it yeah it is the first time which is ridiculous because we do kind of mixing the same kind of circles don't we and we've got a lot of great people in common yes you know when you go onto linkedin and it's it's it uh, recommends someone says you've got like a hundred connections in common how am i not already connected to this person <laughs> i think you're one of those kelly actually okay. <laughs> i think we are now linkedin aren't we so uh, i believe so, yeah, so that's a the best story. platform around yes other yeah. platforms are available <laughs> <laughs> hey it's not the bbc we can say what we like <laughs> So how do I introduce you, Kelly? I think, uh, let me have a shot of this. You're the co-founder of a digital agency called Rubber Cheese. You're based in Hertfordshire, so just outside London. And you do a lot of work with tourist attractions and ticket-based companies to help them to really enhance what they're doing online in digital. Is that anywhere close to... Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. You've done well. Did your homework. (laughs) I had to start somewhere. Yes, yeah, so no, I it's, know. It's interesting to talk to you because I know that uh, what I've been trying to do recently is talk to people that are running agencies and just to get a look under the hood or under the covers behind them, whatever it is, to find out what's it like running an agency. And also, really importantly, what's the human side? So how does that affect you outside of the office? And so that's, I guess, really what I wanted to talk to you about is to find out a bit about Rubber Cheese. How did you get going? And how is that been as a founder or co-founder in terms of what's the impact on outside of the office? Um, so tell me a bit about Rubber Cheese. What have you guys been doing? What makes you get excited? Ooh, good questions. Um, well, gosh, Rubber Cheese has been around in some format or another for 17 and a half years now. Yeah, 17 and a half years. So um, it's the longest job that I've ever had. Um, <laughs> which is great. 
um it's funny like prior to setting up the agency I was a graphic designer that was that was what okay. I trained to be um and I never really settled anywhere for very long okay. I did a couple of I think for, for me it was really important that I wanted to learn lots of different things about about that sector and so I worked in lots of different places for like a couple of years um and I worked as a packaging designer I worked as a as a brand designer and then eventually ended up um, working at um, an in, an, like a, an e-commerce company. But it was this yeah. was nearly 20, 20 odd years ago. So it was really early days for e-commerce. Everyone was still relatively nervous about shopping online. Um, and it was just a really completely different experience for me, having been kind of print-based all my life. And then suddenly in this world of you know, buying online and having to learn how to design for the web was crazy. But that's where I met my co-founder. Okay. So the two of us worked at the same company and I think, um, yeah, I, I think I just got itchy feet. <laughs> so a couple of years in, it just, it wasn't quite the right fit for me. I was a bit frustrated. Um, the, the, the role was kind of a bit monotonous. So you were doing the same thing over and over again. And I just kind of craved a little bit of variety. Um, and Paul and I had been teaching ourselves how to use flash animation that's how okay. long ago this was. Yeah, back in the Proper day. retro. <laughs> back in the day. And um and I said, you know what, I'm just I think that we should just give this a go. Let's just freelance for a year or let's just go and do something for a year and see what happens. I mean, we were both twenty-four, had no clue at all about running a company, let alone an agency. Just were designers who just wanted to do good <laughs> things for people and make stuff look great, make it work great. So we, yeah, so we did. So I quit and um, my mum and dad were absolutely delighted that I was living back at home in their loft and living and working from there as well <clears throat> to try and save a bit of money. But it was, a, it was a really incredible decision. So I think we were quite lucky in the sense that when, um, when we've made the decision that like, this is what I'm going to do, Paul joined me about three or four months later. Okay. Um, I'd sent out an email to as many different contacts as I could you know, as I had, which wasn't that many because I'd only had an email address for maybe a couple of years at that point. <laughs> but I sent it to a friend who'd um, got in touch with me recently on Friends Reunited again. Completely Friends Reunited? Yeah, whoa. Wow. Blast from the past. <laughs> Proper aging myself here. Um, but yeah, he'd connected with me. So he got, he got this email telling him what I was doing. And then he got in touch and said, look, I'm working for this architect's firm. And we need a design partner to come in on us. We've got this big pitch that we're doing for Tesco's. There's a design element to the contract. Do you, do you want to come in on it? And we're like, yeah, okay, great. And um, long story short, they won the contract, which gave us kind of two years. And then, and then there was an, an extended uh -huh. period of working essentially for Tesco's through this, um, through this architect's firm. Oh, and, it, cool. you know, what a lucky, lucky break, really. So that um, that paid our <laughs> it paid our wages for like two years, but it also gave us that um, you know kind of platform to grow from, and and then you know we knew that our bills were covered by that by that project, um, so it kind of allowed us to have a little go at loads of different things. So we went we actually went back to doing traditional graphic design, yeah, we did okay. illustration work. Um, and then slowly we, we started to bring in more of a digital aspect and then started to grow and grow and grow. So, yeah, I've, I've got Friends Reunited to thank for, for, my, for our first job. <laughs> it sounds like a really uh, kind of 
typical way an agency starts, right? A couple of creatives like, forget this, I don't like working for the man. Let's kind of let's create our own thing. Um, call up all of your little black book, or in your case, your friends who reunited black book, and a contract lands. And it's like, wow, this is this is easy. And I could totally relate to that because when I set up my agency, I emailed my biggest client from my previous agency, said, I'm doing this now. And he said, Great, come and work for us. Contract number one off a phone call, brilliant. And the second one, I went to rent some uh, desk space because I didn't want to sit on my own at home. So I found a guy who had some desks in his office. He ran an architect's practice. And he said, what are you going to be doing? So I'm going to be a marketing consultant. He said, great, just what we need. Perfect. So it was like, oh, that's too, this is so easy. How I've got to do this now. And, and away we went. Um, so it's really funny, isn't it? That they, the first few contracts can be quite easy. And then, of course, when you get into running up. it, <laughs> you realise it's nothing like as easy as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. But also, it's great the way you, you found a, a co-founder because I think running agencies as a, as, a, as a sole leader is a really tough place to be because you've got to make a lot of decisions all of the time on your own shoulders. And I think having the co-founder to bounce off can be really invaluable. But finding the right co-founder is tough. Yeah, it is. It is very, it is very tough. And I think Paul and I have been really lucky. He will, he will watch this and he'll completely agree with me. We're really different. Yeah. Um, we have very different skills. We bring very different things to the organisation. Sometimes that creates a <laughs> spark um, in a good way or a bad yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, overall, we've been so lucky to, to have that kind of support because I speak to a lot of agency owners like you who are, you know, sole founders and they have to, they have to work really hard to, to surround themselves with additional kind yeah. of support and yeah, yeah. In, in terms of a leadership framework. Well, it's funny actually, because I did, I had a co-founder when I set up my agency and great friends to this date, actually, uh, Claire, she's brilliant. I really love Claire, but uh, it didn't work out in business because we had, slightly different visions and we we hired a business coach who was working with us uh, you know Anne Hawkins of course you know Anne everyone yeah, knows Anne. Anne yeah I know Anne well <laughs> and Anne said to me almost uh, or words like it feels like you two are running two different businesses and she was exactly right and uh, of course because Anne is always right and uh, so that led to, really to us having some big conversations and as it turned out we weren't destined to go the same way so we we um, kind of separated the business into two and she took her piece and I took my piece and, and away we both went. But it's interesting, you know, Claire is someone I love working with and is a great friend, but we just weren't quite aligned in terms of where we were trying to get to. And I think that's a tough place to, to find someone that has the same uh, vision, the same motivations, not easy. So, um, you know, kudos to you for finding Paul really early doors oh, well, well, and him you. finding you. Yeah, it's, I think him finding me is definitely the the bigger win. I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do you know what? It still isn't easy. I mean, we are like I said, we're really lucky that we do have each other. But um, yeah. but it actually it does. It's a lot of hard work to keep your your kind of visions aligned. Um, yeah. And I yeah. think sometimes um, Paul and I have have our you know our values are completely and utterly aligned, and and really the things that are important to us are as well. But I think maybe the vision for the company hasn't always been perfectly aligned because we have uh, different kind of outside factors that have an effect on where we want to take the business or what our personal, how our personal lives run, for example, then 
don't always run in the same kind of parallel. So then mm, you have okay. difficult decisions to make about where what that means for the company and, and you know, even where it's located or, or where, um, you know, what you're going to specialise in, for example. Mm. Those, those kind of conversations can be quite difficult, but we always seem to find a way forward eventually. But, you know, like you, we've, we've pulled in outside support. So we've had, you know, mentors, we've had business coaches come in. And um, I think... For me, even going back to, you know, the first story about, you know, the Friends Reunited contact, it's it's hugely important to me to have a really um, supportive and diverse network and know that I can call on that network to to support us when we need it and vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. What I kind of of tried to, to focus on the last few years is really, you know, having the best people around us that can help us when we've got those tricky decisions to make. Yeah, and I think that's key, actually. And one of the big enablers for me to be able to uh, operate the way I do as now a marketing consultant and an advisor is the support of my wife and my family around me that give me the ability to, to sometimes work silly hours in silly places and, you know, keep that side of things going whilst the home life's looked after. Um, but I guess we'll come on to that in a bit. Tell me a bit about your grand plan for rubber cheese. What's the... What's the big, hairy, audacious goal? Are you <laughs> yeah, oh gosh. So I think um, as a company, so we, we kind of focused solely on digital. We decided to make that switch probably about six years ago now. I, I lose track of, I do lose track of time. I think it was about six years ago. We just kind of, um, it, we were doing more and more kind of complex digital projects, things that were really helping people. So. Um, you know, digitizing things that were a really laborious manual process for an organization, saving them money, saving them time. And we realized that they were the projects that we really got a a huge kick out of. Um, And actually, they were the projects where we as an organization could deliver the most value to our clients and and the best returns for them. Um, So at that point, we started to focus on, you know, our vision being that we just we want to create remarkable systems that that do good things for people you know they make a real difference and um we we also I guess we've always had like two or three niches at any one point you kind of you you win a few projects in an area you 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 kind of understand their challenges you win more projects in that area um but one of the sectors that we that we were working more and more in was kind of food and drink but also the kind of attractions world and they they spun out from each other as well, which was weird. So um, Pono Ricard has been a client of ours for you know, a number of years now. And we've always, you know, worked on some brilliant projects for them. But the last few years, we've, working, we've been working um, really closely with their visitor attractions. So their distillery tours. Okay. So Plymouth Gin, Beef Eater Gin and a number of their, their whiskey brands up in, up in Scotland. Um, and it's been really, it's been really valuable um, what we've been able to deliver them and how they've been able to, you know, engage with their audience, um, improve how their their customers experience their service from kind of, we always say that the fun starts from the first click. So it's not about, it, the fun doesn't start when you get to that attraction or you get to that experience. It should start from the minute you're you're researching and looking at their site and booking it. I their really ticket. like that. Yeah, the fun starts in the first click. Yeah. I should do a talk on that, should I? It's a, t- it's a talk title. It's a keynote. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> is, right? <laughs> there's, a, there's at the very least a blog post there, Kelly. Come on. Sure. 
<laughs> but that for us was it was a bit of a that was a bit of a new thing for us as we'd never really focused our whole attention on one sector before yeah. and um so yeah about a year and a half ago we decided right we're gonna we, we still work in loads of other sectors a lot of what we do project wise is really around kind of booking booking tickets or mm-hmm. booking courses we seem to have a bit of a kind of specialism in that but we decided to focus all of our marketing on on the attractions world with really brilliant results actually I have to say up until March let's not go there right Come to that in a minute <laughs> but, you know I think that the big thing for us is is we want to make a really kind of positive difference to that sector um and that comes back to that thing about, you know, the experience and where, where the fun actually starts. Because I think a lot of attractions we, we find, they think a lot about the customer journey from once that ticket's been purchased, but not prior to that. Mm, and actually, okay. that's, where they, that's where the journey starts. So that's one of our kind of goals. Um, it's interesting, actually. Sorry to interrupt you there, Kelly. Is, is, you know, for a creative agency, you've talked a lot there about systems and the way things work. Mm. That's interesting because it's not about the, I guess, traditional creative output of, a, I don't know, a piece of literature or a website or some branding. It's, it's the experience that you're working on, which kind of, I think, is, is different to what other people are talking about in the market. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think that any, I think personally, any digital product or system or website or application it needs to start from the point of that you know what's the customer's experience mm. of using it and rather than you know what's the visual aspect obviously ux is in unbelievably important but i don't feel that that's the start point for us ours is about you know what's that pain i'll give you an example we we, we work with eureka the national children's museum which is absolutely incredible place um we want a tender to uh redesign and redevelop their their website so essentially their ticket booking website okay but when we started to speak to them about what their real pain was one of the pains was well they have a huge um they have a huge mobile audience but they're not they were selling like 10 percent of their tickets through through mobile so that was something that really needed to shift for them mm-hmm. But actually, one of their challenges was an offline challenge that we knew that we could solve with a digital application. So if you go to Eureka, you can buy a ticket for the day, but you can convert that day ticket into an annual pass for no extra cost. It's, a br- it's brilliant value. Most people, well, Eureka's busiest periods are when it's, you know, October half term. where it's Holidays, wet. surely, yeah and drizzling and you need yeah. to take your kids somewhere inside where you can you know keep them busy for like three or four hours um so a customer you know would come along they would queue up maybe for 45 minutes to get in buy their ticket then be told that they could um, convert that into an annual pass but there'd probably be another half an hour queue to do that because it was all manual yeah okay so we were like well this is this is a prime example of creating something that's digital that is going to solve an offline, you know, challenge. You're going to have happier customers because they're not going to have to double queue. Actually, if we can sell, get get them to sell, buy their tickets online, they're not going to queue for as long when they get there. So they won't be wet by the time they get in there. Um, And that project, you know, that for us was such an incredible project to be involved in. Um, And it's done brilliant things for for the organisation, you know, saved them money, it saved them time. It's, you know, given them happier clients. And that's what we're about. 
win 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 i think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah that's interesting i think there's definitely a space for agencies that can understand how to to identify an offline pain and solve it online i think it's really smart and it sounds like in the space that you're in you're getting a bit of a kind of a reputation for working in that area i guess that's one yeah. of the goals yeah hopefully. Okay. all right so what does the what does your what does the leadership look like is it you and i think you said paul was the the co-founder or do you have a team around you how do you how do you make things happen at rubber cheese yeah so paul and i are the co-founders and actually we're still a relatively small team um we've kind of we kind of had a lot like being completely honest 2019 was a really up and down year Mm -hmm. Um, so we scaled back a little bit towards the end of the year and then it meant that we came into covid quite lean which has been a bit of a blessing Um, no furlough no having to worry about any of that stuff and everyone's been really busy which has been a you know a real godsend yeah Um, blessing isn't it really yeah yeah it has been but yeah so the two of us are the leadership team uh, we have we have senior members of the team in fact actually every member of our team is is relatively senior we don't actually have any kind of junior uh, junior team at the moment and um, that's something that we're looking to that we're looking to bring in but um yeah my role is the managing director which as you know um, I'm not going to say I'm chief tea maker because Paul will watch this and he'll scream at me because I never make the tea but you know your role as an, as an MD is you know um essentially you know marketing sales um <laughs> promotion yeah. of the company you know keeping everyone happy speaking to clients um and paul is very very similar although he's the creative director so he's more studio based than i am but you know he he's speaking to clients he's he does sales with me um okay. he more focuses on our existing clients rather than than the new business side and then obviously he's you know managing the studio as well so yeah it's busy. <laughs> it's, it's busy. So who's the, who's, it sounds like you, you've kind of got two, cause there's two roles that lead an agency. There's the visionary, there's the, the person talking big picture. Where's the agency going? How do we motivate people? How do we inspire people to come and work for us? And there's the integrator. That's the person that delivers what the visionary is talking about. It's a good way to structure a business. It sounds as though you and Paul kind of split those roles and yeah. you both have your own piece of integrating and visionary work going on. Yeah, we do. If I'm honest, I would say that Paul is way more the visionary than I am. Um, but I would, but I would do the delivery of the vision. Okay. So that's yeah, so you're yeah. the integrator. He's the visionary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That um, makes sense because you're the managing director, right? So that's your role to make stuff happen to deliver. And yeah. Paul is the is the big ideas person. But I don't think that. Um, that would be selling you short for saying, well, Kelly doesn't do that as well. No, absolutely. Like I say, we've all got, we've got very, very different strengths and, um, and that's absolutely full strength. I mean, he's, he's a far superior creative than I, I ever was or ever will be. Um, but that's why we work so well together. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. That's really good. Mm, okay. I'm starting to get a feel for what you're all about. Rubber cheese. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. So let's, Let's move on a little bit because one of the things I'm really keen to explore when I talk to people that are running agencies is how do you manage the balance between family and work? And why this really interests me is I scaled back my agency to be a consultancy and one of the reasons was getting that balance right. See, I was commuting into London every day. We had an office in Covent Garden and I was kind of up before the children, back after they'd gone to bed. And I was like, this isn't kind of what I had in mind when I set this up. And I had the opportunity to scale back. So I took that opportunity 
And it's given me a lot more balance in terms of, you know, what I was trying to achieve with my career. Um, how does that work for you? Are you, are you do you, have you got that balance or are you finding that work is all consuming? It's really, yeah, it's an interesting question because I've never, I think even from the early days, I haven't ever really separated my kind of work life and personal life. Okay. Um, maybe that's, I don't know if that's the right or wrong thing, but I feel like I do have a good balance right now. I think that, yeah. <laughs> so I have loved working from home a little bit more actually and kind of slowing the pace of what I do down a little bit. I, what I've noticed is that I feel like I'm permanently in a rush. Um, yes. I don't even, you know, we um, we used to live in Cambridge. We now live in Saffron Walden. So we moved slightly closer to where my office is located in Sorbidgeworth and that helped hugely. But I do always feel like I'm kind of in a rush to get somewhere and then I'm not really giving when I've got there the, the full kind of attention. Yeah. So for me, this step backwards of, of working from home don't get me wrong, I'd like to go to the office a couple of days a week, but this has actually been a better balance for me. Um, and I guess that it, it's, for me, it's a slightly difficult, not a difficult question to answer, but it's a, it's, it, this might be a, a difficult answer to hear, is that for me, family life isn't probably the norm of what other people would, would associate a family life with as. Um, me and my partner, um, we have two dogs, no kids, um, but unfortunately, it's it's not by choice. So okay. we've had um, we've been trying for for children for a really long time. It's coming up for nearly eight years now, and have um, not been successful on that on that path. And that's had its own challenges, to be honest. Um, and they have affected you know my ability to be present in the agency. Okay. They've you know affected quite a lot of things that uh, for me personally and for him personally, and how we've been able to. Um, kind of juggle that with our work our working lives so I don't know if I can answer that question from maybe the perspective that you asked it because I just don't know <laughs> like right now all we have to think about is the two of us our parents some family much. members and the dogs you know <laughs> I've got no kids I'm not homeschooling anyone yep. I know from speaking to my friends how unbelievably challenging that is Who you know friends that work full-time friends that run their own businesses as well so it's probably the only time that I'll say that I'm quite grateful to not have children right now because we haven't had that extra pressure or extra thing to have to worry about yeah but um but yeah it, it, it is it is difficult so I don't know if we've got the balance right yet but I'd really love to find out <laughs> I'd really love that <laughs> oh gosh and it's a it's a it's a huge subject that's obviously really important to you and many other people that are unable to start a family as they'd like to so we can talk about that unpack it a bit if you like or yeah, can... no it's fine I, you know what I it's for me it's really important that it does get talked about okay. so there are a lot of people um and not just agency owners there's a lot of women there's a lot of men that go through infertility IVF um unfortunately the, the loss and the grief that that, that mm. those failed rounds um will bring and it's actually, for me, really important to talk about it in situations like this, because it is impossible to separate that from your work life. It's so, completely impossible. Totally agree. To, it, 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 it's even harder. One of, the, one of my old agency colleagues always talks about the work-life continuum rather than the balance. And I really like that. It's kind of they all blend into one. And I certainly find that's the case. You know, I'll be 
uh, recording a podcast or doing a call and then two minutes later i'll be having dinner with my kids and then i'll be back upstairs and back in the zone just to try and finish off and get down for bedtime and and that, that's my personal challenge uh, balancing things right and, and obviously you've got different things going on in your world that affect how you work and i think it is a continuum more and more so certainly in the world of marketing but i think with the advent of digital technologies we all suddenly became switched on partly because of these devices we have glued to our hands that have no separation you know have you got clients on facebook and whatsapp and email yeah of course you have and that's in your pocket 24 7 isn't it you can't seem to get away from it these no, days for sure. um so yeah so it's an, it's an interesting challenge how would you say that that process of going through ivf and trying to start a family affected your ability to to run your agency did, did you have challenges that related specifically to those those unfortunate yeah quite a few challenges um Probably actually the biggest one is, is one that we, that, we, that we spoke about earlier in terms of um, how Paul and I decide where the, the organisation is going, you know, the vision yeah. for the company. Because um, we, our, our personal lives are in polar opposite to each other. Um, yeah. Paul has got a, a wonderful family, three incredible children. Um, it makes decisions different for him than it does for us. Mm. there's an element of we we don't know if we're, we, we we actually don't know if we're ever going to have a child we'd love to but we actually at this point have to kind of it's more likely that we won't than we will and so that sort of affects where you think that your life might go for example do you if you if you don't have a family do you still say stay in your family home that you've purchased do you stay in this country even? Do you, the two of you decide that you're going to fly off around the world? There's, there's lots of different options and not suggesting any of those are, are something that we're going to do, but we don't actually know. So then it makes those decisions about where your business is going quite different. Yeah, absolutely. I guess, I guess Paul's priorities of the next 10, 15, 20 years, however young his kids are, is to get them through school and and then think about it. He's not going anywhere for some time, whereas yeah. you could, realistically you could say, well, I'm fancy going to live in Australia for a bit. Let's go over there. And, and that can have a definite impact on long-term thinking. Yeah. And, and obviously these are things that we talk about together and None of these things are, are are imminent, or we just we just don't have a clue. So whenever the Paul and I are talking about plans, it's almost like we have an A and we have a B and we have a C as well. Because <laughs> and I know that he will he'll find he finds that very frustrating, and I I fully accept that. Um, but that's you know that's one of the challenges. But I guess some of the others are um, I have I've really struggled with my confidence um, okay. because of infertility. And also due to the losses that we've suffered. I mean, we 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 have had a really rough time the last few years. I'm not going to lie. We've had we've suffered miscarriage. Um, our twin girls were stillborn, um, and then last year we um, we had to make a, a incredibly difficult decision about a pregnancy, um, whether it continued or not. And it was it was the it was potentially the it was the worst decision I've ever had to make in my entire life. Um, we've had to make. Um, so it, it has been really rough. And I think it the infertility and, and those traumas really affect your confidence because they just they just knock you sideways. And 
suddenly you've gone from someone who is, you know, speaking, you know, I, I do public speaking, you, you know, you, you know what it's like as an agency owner, you have to kind of raise the profile of the agency, the quickest way to, is to speak to a room full of incredible, credible people. How do you find, you know, how can you do that? How do you find that strength to go and stand in front of a load of people when you just, you can't even get out of bed in the morning? You know, that's really difficult. And I think for me personally, I have always tried to look at the positives of what is in our lives. You know, we've got a wonderful relationship and, you know, we've got brilliant businesses. So we're really good at these things. So, you know, I can be a good agency owner. I just might be really bad at making a baby. Okay, that's fine. I can I can I can deal with that. But then last year, you know, things were really difficult with the agency as well. And suddenly I was like, oh, God. I'm really bad at both of these things. Oh, what is no. that? So you you have a real kind of crisis of, of self confidence, um, and I've just I've found that's quite difficult to kind of get get past. Each time there is a trauma or a loss, um, it, it's difficult to kind of get yourself back to where you, you you want to be. And I guess obviously that then takes you out of the business for a certain amount of time. I mean, we quite naturally, I guess, your head's not going to be in the game when there are bigger life issues going on. Yeah, and it's hard because you've got responsibilities. You know, yeah. as a as a managing director, it's 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 about you, it's about your co-founder, but it's about your team as well. Mm. So um, there's been times where I've just felt dreadful because um, I think when when we had our first, when we lost our our twins, our um, one of our team members uh, was pregnant at the at the same time, or their their wife was pregnant at the same time. And it was really difficult because I think they felt uncomfortable talking about what was happening to them because of our situation. And actually, I I wanted them to, but also it made me feel really sad. Not, not, you know, you're kind of happy for them, but sad for you. And so you just felt really conflicted all the time about, you know, how you even started these conversations. Which must have affected and been felt by everybody else in the team as well, because quite naturally you, you've gone through something really horrific and the team around you that support you and love you and you know, want to work for you are obviously going to be very sensitive to, to you and your feelings. So that must have been really tough. For, for I think for you definitely but also for for this this chat working for you yeah oh absolutely and and we have a we have a really good relationship so I know that it was hard I know it was really hard for for him so yeah I mean it, it does it takes your focus away and understandably you know uh, you know we're all human aren't we how can you possibly focus when something is so so dreadful is happening here how can you focus on hey we've got this pitch tomorrow you know <laughs> Put on your red lipstick and prepare for it. I mean, you just, it's impossible. I don't know how you do that. And I can't even begin to empathise. Um, it sounds like you've had an absolutely shocking few years with that side of your life, but the business has been going well. So it's kind of really difficult. And I'm back to being good at one thing again. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you say it with humour uh, and, and to remain, I suppose you've kind of, grown into the fact that this is life and you know there's not much you can do about it no and and in all honesty anyone that's been through the IVF process or any of this stuff will will tell you that the only way to get through it is dark humor so (laughs) you know uh, there have been some horrible times for for Lee and I um we've been to really the, the the bottom lowest place that you can ever think of um but 
you know, we're still here, we're still alive, we've still got great things around us. Um, so we do just every day just have to focus on all those positive things. Mm. Um, and the business is one of them. I suppose uh, running a marketing agency can be quite all-encompassing. To, to some extent, actually, it might have been a really good distraction because you have to focus on an agency because there are so many uh, plates spinning, to use that horrible term, that you can't take your eye off it too much. So maybe that was, to some extent, helped you to get through part of those dark periods? Or? Yeah, I, I'm someone that needs to keep their mind busy. Yeah. So it was it was a blessing to have, I think, you know, I think I went back to work five or six weeks after we lost we lost our girls, which which it, it was too soon. I will be you know I'll admit it was too soon, but I also am not someone that is very good just kind of sitting around. So the fact that I could go back in and do you know keep busy was 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 be- better probably for my mental health than actually if I'd have been employed by someone and been signed off for six months, I I, it, I probably would have been worse. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, done a lot of work on that since <laughs> gosh uh, you're a brave person I, i'm not sure how i would be smiling and able to laugh but as you say perhaps the dark humor and that being able to do that is a, is what enables you to carry on so, so. Yeah. yeah so do you think then running an agency and and family life whatever that family looks like with children without children with dogs with cats with <laughs> is that compatible do you think that's a healthy can you create that healthy balance or do you think as agency founders owners managing directors that we're trying to have our cake and eat it i i think you can i can only speak from my own personal experiences and my you know my family of four two humans and two dogs but you know i have I have brilliant, brilliant people. Talking of dogs, can you hear mine? I think yeah. the postman's just arrived. <laughs> Mine's asleep. Just down, one, one of them's asleep just down here. <laughs> um, no, look, I have friends that run agencies, um, women and men. And, yeah, look, it's a juggle. Everything's a juggle, right? Any, yeah. any, anyone running their own business, if they don't tell you that they're juggling, is, is lying to your face. Um, <laughs> but they make it work, you know. I think, uh, you know, at the moment there are challenges in terms of, you know, my friends are having to homeschool and it's it's a huge demand on how much time they can dedicate to their business. But it absolutely is manageable. Um, my friends do brilliant things in their agencies and they have brilliant families and they manage it. I think it's really about prioritising your time okay. and just remembering what's important to you. So if that means that you that you need to work from home as the founder, you know, a couple of days a week, then you do that. Um, and you delegate as much as you can while you're juggling all the other things that you need to do. But it's definitely, it's definitely manageable. Agency world for me gives me, you know, an incredible amount of flexibility. If I, you know, go back to the, the IVF. I have no idea how anyone employed would, would manage it because, you know, at some, at, I think one round I had to go to the clinic 11 days on the trot which was, you know, a two hour round trip from my office in Hertfordshire into five minutes to then come all the way back. You know, what, what job gives you the the freedom to do that? And I could, you know, mix it in with a a couple of client meetings, probably not telling them that I've been to the clinic prior to seeing them, but you know, (laughs) you know that. And, and I think that that is, um, that's what most other agencies owners would say is really about, it's about juggling and managing your time, but you know, it can be done. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Juggling and time management is pretty key to, I guess, to running any business. But I think certainly in agency life, you've got a lot of conflicting priorities sometimes and having to manage those is, is not always easy. So having the flexibility to set your own schedule is really important. So what's next then? What does um, what does life after lockdown look like for <laughs> Rubber Cheese and for Kelly? Is it what's what's your priority? Yeah. Work and family. What are you trying to? What do you want to get done next? Well, um, it's funny. We've been having that discussion this week actually. So we have um, we have a lovely office space in Sorbridgeworth on the river. It's very lovely. It's very empty at the moment and has been since March. <laughs> For those who don't know where Sawbridgeworth is, including myself, where is that? <laughs> it's in Hertfordshire. So Sawbridgeworth is sandwiched between kind of Stansted. It's near Stansted Airport okay. and Bishop Stortford. Got so you. it's that side of Hertfordshire. Okay. Um, it's very lovely, very lovely town. Well, actually, we've been talking to the team about what they want. So normally we'd be studio-based five days a week. Um, and we've just been asking the team what they want and what's working for them. Like We're all working from home. We're all at the moment as effective as we are working from an office. We're missing the interaction. We're missing that, you know, that just that, that time to, to be together and to bounce ideas off each other and, and have that interaction is, is, is quite, you know, it's challenging not to have that. But, you know, we can all work as well as, as anything from sitting at a desk here or sitting at a desk in the office. So at the moment, we're just speaking to the team about what's good for them, making sure that their work and home life continuum is in place. <laughs> and I think it will be a mixture, really. I don't think that we'll probably go back to the office five days a week. I think um, a lot of us want to work from home a few more days. You know, we've kind of enjoyed this little bit of um I, d- I want. I don't want to say a slower pace because it's been crazy. But um, different pace. <laughs> different pace. Yeah, yeah, not having to rush all the time. Not being stuck in traffic every morning has been has been delightful. Um. So yeah, plans are afoot at the moment, and we're just kind of working out what works for everyone. There are other members of the team that are desperate to get back to the office five yeah. days a week. So it's right. making sure that there's a solution in place that works for everybody, and and they can all work as effectively as they can. How's that been? Because I've had a few agency owners in the Agency Square community talking about the challenge of keeping staff motivated whilst they're working remotely. They're not able to supervise them. Um, That's a challenge. But what does it mean in terms of impact on the culture of the agency? Because Mm. that's a big part of what makes an agency an agency. You know, when you go into a a team that's doing really well, there's this buzzing, there's a good vibe, it was having a good time. Um, That's a very different environment if you're sat in your home office and not having that, how do you how do you keep particularly younger members of staff engaged in an environment where you haven't got the buzz? Because that's one of the great things about agency is the buzz. I know. Well, we've had a new team member start through all of this as well. It's been mad. I mean, it's been great. It's it's gone re- so much better than I was expecting it to. I mean, he's a great fit for us. Um, he's very he's very kind of you know. Uh, calm um you know in in situations and um the onboard actually our onboarding process has worked really really well virtually so I'm I'm glad that something has gone well Brilliant. but yeah you know he hasn't really experienced us at our best <laughs> he hasn't experienced that kind of team vibe and so we've been we've just been we've just been doing a lot together that we can virtually you know we've been, we we have uh, team meetings every morning every afternoon check-ins 
you know, everyone's on um, Google Chat. So if you just want to, you know, chat with someone yeah. over coffee, you've got that kind of um, ability. We've been doing quizzes. We've been doing Friday night drinks. You know, no different than any other agency, I guess, that you've been speaking to. But we've just been trying to probably over-communicate with the team as much yeah. as possible so they don't feel um, they don't feel that they're in a silo. We have team members who, you know, are, are like very different. We've got team members that live on their own. We've got team members that are on lockdown with four-month-old you know, first babies. So there's a lot of different challenges there. Yeah. Um, just checking in on everybody and making sure they're okay, making sure they're getting outside every day, they're taking breaks, okay. they're getting some exercise um, and checking in on their, you know, their mental health and their well-being. But yeah, that it, that buzz is, you only get that, you only get it really when people are together. So I think that's, that's what we're all looking forward to at the moment, just getting back to the office and just having, even if it's just one day yeah. where we're all there and we could all kind of, yeah, bounce off each other a bit more. One of the things I always really liked about agency life is when you win a new piece of business and you're all in the office and there's just a brilliant vibe goes through the office and you go out have some beers and it's just, that's great. And you can't get that in the sort of environment, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's all very well having a beard on the other end of Zoom, but it's not quite the same, is it? You know? Yeah. Well, I tried to um, – we had a, kind of a get-to-know-you quiz um, last week for Ben joining us. And so I, I sent out everybody I, – I found these um, gift sets of gin, um, and I sent everyone one to their house. So at least we could all have we – we, we all had our, our same drink together, which kind of felt a bit like – more teamly if you know what I mean. so we were all talking about what mixer have you had with that gin or what one with that one and it was you know just even little things like that so it just felt like we were a bit more connected nicely done I like the sound of that yeah that, that's connections really important isn't it so I think that's great oh interesting so if people wanted to get in touch if they wanted to find out more about you how do you like to what's the best way to get in touch with Kelly are you a LinkedIn or are you a Twitter or what Twitter what's the oh I'm a, I'm a LinkedIn and a Twitter okay. to be honest so so I'm, not, I'm spending a lot of time on LinkedIn at the moment I find it a really interesting platform it's good conversations happening there but then Twitter I love for the banter so the yeah banter. I'm the chief, the chief cheese over on Twitter but I use, my, your real, handle, is it the chief cheese? use my real name on LinkedIn <laughs> <laughs> yeah chief cheese it doesn't fit on LinkedIn does it really <laughs> not really <laughs> Okay, cool. If people wanted to find out more about um, your experiences with IVF, fertility, infertility, do you talk about that stuff, or is that yeah? Or where 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 should people go to find out more about that, or to engage with you? What's where would you point people towards who are going through those experiences? So I do um, I do talk about it quite openly on all of my social media channels, to be honest, even LinkedIn, because like I said earlier, I think it's really important that these these challenges and issues are discussed in a in a business sense rather than a personal sense. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll talk about it openly on LinkedIn. I will talk about it on Twitter. I am on Instagram. I tend to. Um, I flit in and out on Instagram a little bit, but there is a huge IVF community on Instagram, which I've been um a member of for quite a long time so if anyone does reach out to me on there even if I'm not talking about it myself on there I know lots of people that can that can support you over there so yeah feel free to connect and, and that's the chief cheese again chief cheese I'll put some links in the show notes so people can easily track you down um, and hopefully you can inspire and support others that are going through a similar sort of experiences that you're having 
yeah I'm really happy to help anybody it's um it can be a really lonely place to be in um you feel like you're the only person in the world that's going through these things but there's a lot of people out there with the with the same challenges and and it's an incredibly supportive community as well so yeah if anyone does need any help just let me know say hello hello. (laughs) it starts with a hello doesn't it it does Kelly, thanks so much for opening up about your business and obviously for your um, your fertility um, challenges, shall we say? Is that the right word? I don't know. I don't know what the right word to say is it, Um, but hopefully that's not offensive. (laughs) No, nothing at all. (laughs) And uh, it's been really nice to talk to you. I'm really pleased we've actually finally had the chance to talk. I hope some people get some value out of our ramblings. I think there's real interesting things to think about in terms of finding a business partner thinking about vision vision alignment uh, motivating a remote team and then of course the challenges around infertility as well so i think there's stuff in here that might be of value (laughs) to someone other than just me and you having a nice chat kelly because i've enjoyed it well i really enjoyed it so thank you so much for inviting me on andy and it's been great to actually see you and meet you in <laughs> virtual person yes yeah indeed it makes a big difference doesn't it yes. rather than just looking at an avatar but uh, yeah we'll definitely stay in touch and um yeah i'll, I'll keep an eye out and see how rubber cheese gets on over the next couple thanks of andy i appreciate that cheers Kelly. see you now